0: Welcome to the Coaching Matters podcast brought to you by Fundraising University and Brian Kane Peak Performance. Coaching Matters is a nonprofit foundation whose primary purpose is to help coaches, athletes, and activities directors succeed in their programs, schools, and communities. Fundraising University works to help you raise the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of interference to support coaches and activities directors in enhancing the student experience and life skill development that is a critical component of our educational systems. Brian Kane, one of the world's leading mental performance coaches, works to educate, empower, and energize you to be your best through his 10 pillars of mental performance mastery systems. Together, each week, we bring you interviews, question and answer sessions, and group coaching around mastering mental performance, creating elite culture, and developing the leadership skills you need to succeed. And now, this week's Coaching Matters Podcast. This is Brian Kane with the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program, and we are here with Coach Tim Albertson. He's a four time state championship baseball coach at Champlain Valley Union High School in Vermont, currently the athletic director at Stowe High School in Vermont. And we are talking about culture, team building, and strategies for mental def- performance development on our first session last week. If you caught this in the podcast, Coach Albertson was talking a lot about how he creates a program with core vi- core values, core principles, using a one-word focus, and how he creates a common language for his athletes to have something to go to to give them the best chance for success under stress. And in this session, I want to give Coach Albertson more time to continue the discussion around team building, culture building, and mental performance. And then we'll also go to some questions that we've got from our live attendance. So if you are with us live and you have any questions feel free to put those in the chat we'll make sure that we offer those to coach Albertson and then also offering a free 30-minute one-on-one coaching opportunity so if you're here with us inside of the chat live just go ahead and post your name your email the sports that you coach and the state that you're in and then we'll enter you into a raffle to win a free 30-minute coaching session either for yourself or for your team so coach Albertson thanks for being with us man if you would if you could kind of continue down the path uh, that you were on talking about team building and culture and mental performance that you use not only as an athletic director but also used as a coach
1: you got Brian um, and again, I apologize. I don't know why I'm having sh- problems with my oh, video, good. but I apologize. So um, here we go. So I've got build up your youth program. So one of the things that I always found useful for me was going in and uh, being a part of like our little leagues or a Babe Ruth's or our Legion programs and making presentations into those um, and just making sure that I bring my players in. I want them. I want these guys, those kids and those coaches to see our players so that they bring their uh, kids out to see our teams play um i have them demonstrate the drills educate them um, i try to educate them about what i see for a philosophy i try and give them advice um, in regards to kind of what they should be focused on um and theirs i think sometimes we try to accelerate um our youth too quickly before giving them the fundamental skills of what they need um I'm, i i try and give them as many booklets. I created a couple booklets. Um, I don't have it electronically though, um, that would add uh, skills and drills that I would provide those programs. Um, and hopefully they could go and put those on the websites. Um, I'd have the team either go to a couple of the Little League practices or invite those teams to come to our practices so that we could do something or come be a part of a special game um, that we were hosting. Um, I try to be active at all events. I try to be very visible. Um, I went to all-star games, whether it was the, uh, you know, the regionals or if we had a team from our district that made states, I try and make sure and go as well as being a part of their opening day ceremonies at their schools or at their fields. Um, And lastly, we hosted a camp for little league at our school um, where actually all my players ran the whole thing. And I kind of just orchestrated and made sure that um, everybody was getting what they needed during those camps. you know, one of the things I talk about is getting 1% better, Um, find ways to make yourself and your team better. Um, You know, one of the things that kind of got us to the championship this last year is we were atrocious two games in a row with our defense. We had eight errors in one game, where we ended up giving up eight runs. We ended up losing eight, six. Um, And then we had one game where we went in by two and we couldn't get an out. Um, Balls were going through legs, making bad throws. We were you know, we weren't using our process and staying strong mentally. So um, the kids, all of a sudden, we, we problem shot, shot. We talked about, well, better how, you know, what can we do well? What did we do well today? What do we need to do better? And how are we going to do it? Well, we got done that game and they said, coach, we're going to start taking more ground balls. We're going to start throwing across the diamond like we mean it every time we do it. Um, I will tell you that our games got better. Our defense got more. We went from having averaging like three errors a game to a half an error a game um, by the end of the season, in a 20 game, 20 game season. Um, the kids would go and they would lift in the mornings. They'd go for runs. They found ways to get together um, and go take care of that um, Kids were doing mental reps. Um, you know, we didn't get out in the outfield. We didn't, have, you know, um, and do like a mental training there. But we would have the kids during warm ups or during practice taking mental reps when they weren't getting physical reps. This is something that Brian taught me Um, when he first came out, he actually came and watched one of my practices and he was like, Hey, why are the guys all just standing around as you sit there and hit ground balls all around, they could be doing other things. So they started doing some mental reps or extending the rep um, where they would each take a baseball out with them, put it in their back pocket. And so when their group wasn't going, they were doing different drills until it was their turn. Um, when we kind of give them a pre-warning of like, hey, just going to the first baseman, third baseman, be ready. OK, working to the shortstops. And most times we always try to have two or three fungos going at once. But um, it allowed those kids, the guy who was behind him would go and would take a mental rep where he was fielding a ground ball, um, even though the part his partner in front of him would, would be taking that. So, but he would go through the entire motion. Boom. What's up, Kenner?
0: <clears throat> Tim, unpack that a little bit more, maybe outside of a baseball context, you were a wrestling coach, you were a football coach, now as an athletic director, <clears throat> yeah. you go out to a lot of practices at Stowe High School. Where where can coaches that are on this call, coming from all different sports, where can they build those mental reps into their practice?
1: Oh, you can build it everywhere, um, and that's where, where you taught me a lot on that. Um, you know, obviously, the more lines you can have, the better off you are, the more ways you can get kids involved. But when you don't have enough balls or you don't have enough ways in wrestling, we used to shadow wrestle. You know, We used to do it by ourselves. Um, There may be two guys wrestling. You were in a a group of three. That other guy would practice some of his shots or work on other things. If I was in soccer, I'd be working on creating motion and making sure I'm cutting through where I need to be so we can have that one touch um, and working on getting into those situations. If it was football, I was thinking about what what, what the call was, and I would pretend in my head that I was running the same route as, uh, as the guy in front of me. Or if I was a running back and I was the next guy up, coach would say, okay, 33 draw. Okay, what am I doing? Okay, I'm taking a small step to the side. I'm sitting for a second. Okay, and mentally I'm going through with my eyes closed. Um, but there's many ways that we can go about that. You know, coaches making calls and you're on the sideline, just seeing yourself going through, um, going through the process of those drills. Um, or what your what my responsibilities were for that play. You want me to keep rolling here.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I love that concept of of mental reps. And you know, you go to a practice, and for the coaches here, obviously, if you get to watch another team practice who's on your campus, and you get to go see, you'll see how many times people are standing around instead of maybe mentally engaging in what they could be doing. So if it's you know, for example. Um, at football practice, you've got, you know, the 11 guys running a play on air and you've got 50 standing behind watching. Instead of those 50 maybe lining up, in multiple position groups behind 10 yards back. And they're doing the same thing that the group in front of them is doing. So now that you're not running your ones and then your twos and then your threes, you're running your ones, twos, and threes, all at the same time, 20 yards separate from each other or 30 yards separate from each other. And you're just moving up and down the field, like five yards, turn around five yards next way or whatever it is, or 10 yards this way, 10 yards that way. So they're getting three times as many reps during practice. And you know, some of the feedback here from coaches is, well, I like to watch my guys get reps. Well, you can still watch your guys get reps because while you're watching your twos, your ones are doing nothing, you know? So now just watch your twos and your ones will still be getting better because they'll be getting reps at what you're doing. So I think it's, it's just a different way to, to think about practice. And Tim, if I can, I want to, as an athletic director, what are some of the biggest mistakes that maybe you see coaches making that you could help speed up the learning curve for some of the coaches on this coaching matters group coaching call? What are some of those mistakes that maybe you see coaches making that, um, you know maybe some of the coaches on this call are making that you could help them to avoid
1: um i would say the first thing is making sure keeping trying to keep don't always focus on your ones because what happens is your one somebody's going to get hurt okay so you want to make sure that your twos and your threes are ready to go they need to be up to snuff so that when they get in just because they're not your most talented kid um you may need to work actually focus more on them and build them up more um You know, some of the other things is try not to try not to make your practices stagnant, you know, add some new things, make sure that you're able to hit everybody's abilities, whether it's working on fundamentals or it's advancing some of your better players. You know, don't just because your best player um, is really good and he does things really well doesn't mean that he he needs to stop improving. Don't just assume that he's going to continue to make himself better. Most times they actually start to press back and um We tend to not focus on them. We focus sometimes too much on the lower half as well. So make sure you're hitting everybody um, in your practices because you got to make everybody better. That's what they're all there for. And that's kind of what their expectation is of you is that at the end of the day, they're going to be one percent better at the end of practice. Just like that, the number 16 guy on the bench, your number one guy needs just as much attention.
0: Beautiful. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. Well, talk to us more about this concept of getting 1% better. I know that's one thing that's been really big you know, with fundraising university is this concept of just continually trying to get 1% better. And as somebody who's, who's already on the forefront of leading fundraising in high school sports, I think the best are always trying to get better. And sometimes I think trying to get better, we can look at like we have this mountain to climb. And if I'm taking over a new program, often you're taking over a new program as a coach because there's a lot of work to do and the guy who is or gal who was there before you wasn't doing that work. So now you have to dig that out, but just talk about this concept of 1% better and how you use this with your team. Um, you know, and that concept of 14 minutes and 24 seconds is 1%. How do you use this Tim with your program?
1: Um, I try not to have my drills go, you know, when we're working on team drills or things like that, I try not to let them go too long. Um, but when you look at the 14, 24, um, you know, making sure that those kids understand that if they go and they take ground balls out by themselves for 14 minutes, they've now utilized 1% of their day to get better, you know? And I think as you sit around and you look about it, like every morning our team used to get together before a game and take BP. Okay. And they would go, we have a couple of cages that were set up and it allowed the kids to kind of um, talk to one another and just kind of wake up together um, but the other part is they were getting better because they had now already taken swings. They had already gone and made themselves prepared themselves for today's game before. So the, before school, and now they're going to go be better in education because um, they're proving out they're proving in, in school that if you go and you take a PE class first and you go to science, you're going to be better in that science class um, and vice versa. And as you continue to look into your other classes, but um, being 1% better, making sure that, You know, taking 14 minutes and 24 seconds to study for a class is going to make me 1% better in that class, you know, and as we sit there, sometimes kids drown themselves, um, you know, studying for too many hours, trying to focus on and not allowing themselves to take those breaks. Just let them know, hey, 1424, let's get 1% better. Make sure you're doing that, whether it's in the morning, whether it's right before you go to bed. It doesn't always have to be right at once. you know, one of the things that is good as coaches is have a three have a 360 perspective. This is a hard one for all of us, but get that full circle view of who you are and what your program's about. Um, sometimes it might be some humbling things that you hear. You may find out that there may may be things that you think you're doing all the time, but all of a sudden you hear from somebody that you know you don't who comes to your games and you're like, hey, what do you think about our team? Well, they don't hustle. Yeah, we do. No, nope, they don't hustle all the time. You think they do, but they don't. You know there's always a little bit more or all of a sudden is you know what your guys don't show as good a sportsmanship as you you think they do they they kind of have a little arrogance to it okay what do you think I need to do to fix that so um but always being able to get that thats allows you to be a little bit better as a coach um again post game I always talk about praise praise the game praise the great things your teams did um and talk with your players about the game let's talk have them. Be involved in that conversation. Don't always be the dictator. What do we do? Well, what do we do better? What, how can we do it better? Or, you know, what, what was good? What can be better? What's next? How can we do that better next? So.
0: Yeah, Tim, I want you to unpack this concept of well, better how and good, better next, because the well, better how is something that, um, you know, that Corbin Burns would do after every start this year and in his, in his Cy Young season is he would, he would look at the statistics, you know, from his start, he would watch, he would watch every pitch that he threw, he would track whether he executed or didn't execute, and then he would do a well, better how he would send it to me, then that would start up a conversation. So I want to have you unpack How you use Well, Better How here in a second. But first, I just want our coaches who are on the call with us here tonight or listening to the podcast to understand that Fundraising University is always looking for individuals who are competitive, self-starters, empathetic, organized, and teachable to partner with. And if you're a current coach on this call or interested in learning more about how Fundraising University can help you raise funds so you can dream big and do more, or if it's if you're interested in becoming an assistant coach or area representative with positions open within Fundraising University and adding an extra five to $20,000 uh, for for your efforts, please contact Mike Bahoon, mbahoon at fundraisingu.net, or you can visit fundraisingu.net slash franchising to find out more about becoming a franchise fundraising university franchise owner, Tim unpack that concept of well, better. How, how often would you do that with your team? And when you're talking about doing a 360 evaluation, would you do well better? How outside just the players in your program, would you go into, you know, people you respected in the school, other coaches, people in the community, parents, like how far out of your inner circle would you go with that? Well, better. How,
1: Okay, well, the well, better. How I'll t- start with my team. Um, I do that with every facet of our game. How, what do we do? Well, as an offense, okay. Or at the plate, what do we do? What can we do better at the plate? Well, coach, we can we can be better disciplined at seeing pitches. Um, I felt like we were always jumping out on the first pitch and we were rolling it over. Um, or how can we and what how can we go about fixing this in the future? We do it with a running game. You know, what do we do? Well, well, coach, I felt like we all made our turns really well. I thought we went first to third really well because um, we saw the ball. All the way through to the outfielder, we took the peak at the right time we were supposed to when we were stealing. Okay, well, what didn't we do well? Well, coach, some of us were slowing up before we got to home plate. It almost bit us um, on a on an out that was made, but I so and so happened to make it. Um, and then we would do it with pitching. You know, we talk with our pitchers about it. We talk with um, our bench. You know, how can you cheer on the team a little bit better? Where was our was our uh, culture good on the bench? Were we staying in the game? Were we focused? or could we be better at that? And how are we going to do that? You know, I thought our chair, I I thought we kind of got complacent and kind of sat back. Um, Looking at the 360 view, um, you know, again, it was, I would talk to some of my administration. I had constant conversations with my ADs. I would talk to some of the people that I constantly would see at our games. Uh, My biggest critic was my wife. So I would always come home and I would, ask her questions about what she saw because she has a really good perspective. She was a college softball player. Um, so she's got a really good knack for the game. And then, you know, I would talk to some of the parents, some of the families, and then even some of my friends that would come to games, Hey, what'd you see? What, what, what interests you? You know, what, what were you unimpressed with? Um, you know, some of those are tough questions to ask and some, some of those answers are even harder to receive because um, it may be something that you may take pride in. Um, that comes back to you, but and I would talk to my alumni when they came to games and say, "Hey, you know, what do you think? Uh, you've gotten soft. You know, you get that every once in a while. You're you're not jumping all over people anymore. You're, you know, you've you've lightened up. You're well, no, I got a new perspective. I'm I'm trying to work with these kids to make them better. I'm not looking to attack them and um, and get all over people. So um, that's how the 360 typically worked. And I would sometimes do it anonymously um, with kids where I would just. I would just want answers. I'd send out a Google doc and say, Hey, fill this out. I don't want to know who's sending it to me back, but here you go. So.
0: And, and, uh, other questions coming in here for, for coach Tim Albertson, feel free to post those inside of our chat. We'll make sure we get those answered and Tim appreciate you being with us here, man. And I know you're about to talk about how to handle adversity, which is something I think we all can benefit from.
1: So I think one of the things that we need to talk that we do talk about not enough though is how we do handle situations whether it's on the field whether it's during a moment in the game or just how we handle ourselves when stuff gets tough in life. And I think this is one of the moments that we need to talk about um, with our kids a little bit more, you know, whether it's teaching them how to go to something. I'm going to, you know, coach, I didn't make that pitch or I didn't get that call. I'm going to turn and look at the scoreboard or I'm going to go and turn at the foul, the left foul, foul pole because every field's got a left foul pole or everybody's got – there's a sign, you know, that I'm going to look at at our field, okay. Um, I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to center myself. I'm going to look up and down my body and I'm going to be ready when I get back on the mound or when I get back in the box, or I'm going to swipe the box clean um, after a pitch that I, um, before I get into the, before I get into the batter's box um, because that last person's at bat's over. My last at bat's over. This is a new, I want a clean, beautiful uh, box to step into because now this is my put, my uh, batter's box. Um, having something to say to ourselves, Good. Guess what? I, we're going to get better because that happened. Jocko Willink I've read all his books. I love him. Um, he can be a little too blunt at times, but he's pretty funny. And, um, but he, you know, one of his things is that if you've ever heard his Spotify song, he just sits there and the whole thing is just good. We're going to get better. Hey, we don't have enough cannons. Good. We're going to have to find another way to do that. We don't have, we don't have, they're taken away at one of our alleys. Good. We have to find another way to do this. Um, You know, Kane, I read his book. So what next pitch? You know, that's one of the ones I constantly use with my kids. Hey, something's happening. Hey, that pitch is over. We got to play for this next one. Win. what's important now? Um, Trevor Moad, great book. Uh, It takes what it takes. Keep moving forward. He talks about um, the quarterback from uh, Seattle and how he continues. He's in a close, he's in a game where they're, they may be out of reach and he continues to focus on just that moment. Hey, we've got to do this. We've got to continue to move forward. we got to focus on now. Um, And if we can go and get these points, that's all we can do right now. Um, And then Sorensen and Kane having routines uh, to handle adversity and being able to slow down the moment. Sometimes in life, we don't slow down enough um, and we've got to be able to do that as well. And then understanding that adversity is going to happen in life. How are we going to handle it? It's about more than just the game. It's about how we approach it in life.
0: Big thing. Yeah. Thank you. Keep keep going here, man. It's great. Appreciate you. Hey, no problem.
1: Uh, Make it memorable. That's the other thing is make it memorable. Do the little things for your teams, you know, give them team pictures, game booklets, honor your seniors. I was continuing to go on here and then I was texting with Kane when I was going through this stack, but make it memorable for the kids. My, my philosophy has always been, I want the kids to leave this knowing that they had a good time. Okay. Whether we win a state championship or in the quarters um, or, You know, we play a great game or we get blown out. Okay, what do we take from this? What did we do well? Let's make sure it's a good memory or just the season. You know, my first season, we were 4-13. and We almost beat the team that went on to be state champs. They had to throw us out. They had a perfect throw home to catch us, to beat us. Guess what? That's a great season. We did some things well. We we culminated and we played really, really well. We peaked at the right time. You know, focusing on the things that we can control um, and being able to make those – Possibilities happen,
0: Oh uh, Yeah, question comes in from Tyler Whitebread. Tyler said, uh, "Coach Tim, what's an example of a routine that can be used during an adverse situation to help a player get back to being present?"
1: Uh, great question. Um, first things first, take a deep breath, step off, take a breath. You know, allow yourself to slow down. Um, I don't know if if uh, Caner's done the box box breathing with you, but just breathe in for five seconds. Hold it for five seconds. Breathe out for five seconds. And just take that moment to slow everything down. Step off the rubber. Allow yourself. Rub the ball off while you're doing this. If you're a pitcher, um, if you're in the batter's box, you know, just step out. Take a deep breath. Look down at your coach after you've taken that breath. Work your, um, Get your sign. Get yourself. Maybe take a look. I don't know if you have a spot. I always, like, I had an Easton bat, so I always looked at the big E that was on there. Before I got into the box, so I'd hold my back straight out, I'd look at it, take another breath, tap the other side of the plate as I got into the box, stepped in, and now all of a sudden I'm telling myself, rip, 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 giving myself an opportunity. Or if I'm getting on the mound, I get my sign, I take another breath, pound it, pound it, pound it, and I'm now I'm looking to pound that spot that my catcher's given me.
0: Awesome, Tim. Another question came in from from Al. He said, uh, "As an athletic director now at Stowe High School, have any of the other teams and in, in your school, right? Any other teams on your campus, have they bought into the same mental performance practices and principles? Has it spread throughout the other teams at your school yet?"
1: Uh, we're getting there. Um, you know, it's it's. Been, a, been an interesting five months, but yes, um, I've actually been fortunate enough. I have a couple of coaches. Um, I love listening to our girls soccer coach. He just won um, his back, uh, back-to-back championships uh, this past fall. Um, and listening to him talk about the different adversities that have been going on during games and getting his girls to um, focus on here's what we need to do to be able to be better. And this is what's got to happen. He's constantly coaching those kids as they come off the field and telling them about things. But, you know, he always talks about, listen, this is our game. This is why it's our game because today could be the day that they play their best game. So we've got to come out and we've got to play our best game every single time we come out here. And that was one of the most impressive things I had seen. So, yes, I've gotten some buy-in. Um, One of the bigger things is that I'm not a big fan of body language. You know, I think body language presents itself um, to everybody in the crowd. It teaches people how you're doing, how you're feeling. If I start sagging my arms or I start throwing my hands out, guess what? As an opponent, I'm beating you. I know I've got you beat. I'm going to keep attacking you. And as soon as your head goes down, we're going to attack you with the ball in soccer or we're going to come at you after a a big play. If you're if you're closing down, we're coming after you again in football. Um, So my coaches talk a lot about that. Uh, My boys coach did a great job with that Um, and just making sure um, that they continue to fight and battle. And hey, we we have no control over his perspective. We've got to continue to play this game. We've got to continue to move forward. Um, I had a field hockey team who's been in the state finals the last 10 years and has had unfortunate outcomes um, most of those times, but this year we didn't have enough girls, guess what, uh, to field the team, but yet they continue to stay together and try and play a JV season. I was really impressed by the coach, um, and how she kind of handled that situation and taught those girls, listen, we're going to make the best of this situation. We're going to have the best time we possibly can. So other questions, Brian,
0: uh, I, I'm trying to continue to unmute myself here. I got diagnosed with, with a COVID yesterday. So I, was, oh, yeah, right yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Just sitting here coughing the whole time. So I keep, I keep forgetting to unmute myself. Usually I don't mute myself. Uh, So, so Tim, last thing here. I know, man, you have some, some book here, some favorite authors that you have on there. Um, So maybe let's have you run through that. And then um, I'll ask you our final question here and we'll call it a day, man. I appreciate you being with us here on the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Podcast.
1: Absolutely. Appreciate you having me. Obviously any of Kane's uh, 12 Pillar Series, if you can go through that whole book, uh, whole book series. That thing outlines everything that he talks about with the 10 pillars. But he at, at the beginning, he had 12. He's compacted some of those, which I appreciated. Um, but it all runs together, and it's great, and it's a great story. Um, I'm telling you, my 9-year-old could read the whole thing. She would love it. Um, so What Next Pitch was a great one. The Leadership Clock, again, talking about role modeling um, and how to, how to approach situations and teach leadership. Great book. John Gordon, I think, has one of the best books called The Energy Bus, And it's all about bringing energy and how different having energy and not having energy can be. It's about being that, um, fountain, not the drain. Um, when in the locker room first is a great one. Um, and again, I love one word. Um, that was a great book, Trevor Moad. Um, it takes what it takes. It's a great story. Um, again, if I could just remember what the quarterback's name is for the, for the Seahawks, but he did a. Um, it's basically a book relating with him and kind of just his transformation with Trevor moving forward. It's a great book. Um, actually it was recommended by Kane, um, and I can only re- pass it on Darren Donnelly. He's got some great books. Josh Medcalf "Win in the dark is one of my favorites. It actually got me working out in the morning. Um, and it just, the fact is, is that everything you can do behind closed doors that nobody sees is only going to make you shine more in the spotlight. So it's a great book, pound the stone, chop wood, carry water, understanding daily routines, getting 1% better, continuing to f- stay focused and grinding. Um, and then uh, Afromo, his books, I just think are great. He just came out with a leadership book that I just started. and I'm halfway through. So, and a couple of my favorites here for you. There's my podcast selection on my ride to Stowe and from Stowe. Um, I love, um, I listen to Zach Sorensen. If you're on here, congratulations, man, on the World Series. Um, I know you've been involved in a few of these, but I know you also presented earlier this month. Um, Mental Performance Daily, that um, three-minute words of advice or perspective from Caner has always been a good one. Success hotline. I know Rob Gilbert has done a lot for Caner, but um, he turned me on to this, and I've been listening to it or calling in on a daily basis. Um, One that I found is Lindsay Wilson. She was a basketball player. Um, she, she adds in some mindfulness. She does some uh, what she calls a braver, which is some breathing exercises right after she gives her um, motivational piece or perspective change. Um, but the braver has been great. They do some affirmations at the end. Um, Justin Sua, increase your impact. Um, he does a great job. Um, I, if I recall, Kanner, is, is Jake Thompson trying to become an NPM? Is that what I saw this morning?
0: You're muted, bud. he's muted. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, he is. Yeah.
1: He he's been one that I've been following for quite a while and he just, he has so many great podcasts. Um, His Monday Fridays are very quick like Kaner does on a daily basis. Um, But he's his Wednesday one is a really great focus um, on different things. And he's got some great um, motto, Motto words, you know, outwork your talent is one of the ones that I've always found um, and enjoyed. Um, And then the mayor's office, Sean Casey, ever since I had him on the podcast before with us, I've been following those and he's done a great job with that. So awesome. I would recommend all of these to your kids.
0: Beautiful. Well, Tim, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your hectic schedule, you know, being a father and being a new AD and just all the stuff that you got going on. Last question I have for you here tonight, is, and thanks again for being a guest on the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Podcast sponsored by Fundraising University. If we could remove, if we could remove the skullcap of everybody listening to this podcast and we could plant one seed of success that would germinate, and that would be the Tim Albertson seed. So the one tip, the one thought, the one piece that you want our coaches to take away, what would that one seed be, Tim?
1: Oh, geez. Here we go. Um, Smile. Smile and and greet everybody like like it's the first time you've ever met them because your first impression to all those people is going to could be a lasting lifetime impact to that person. It may be the only time you ever meet them. But, um, you know, one of the first things that came to me from a student here is. Um, in a in a note that I got from one of the teams was you're always smiling and it makes my day when I get to see you, when I see you at school, cause you, you always are cheerful and ready to go. Um, let the kids know that you enjoy them and, in, um, and love what you do. You know, we all stress over some of the little things and we work really hard at what we do. But the bigger part is if you do it with a smile, that's what everybody sees. Nobody sees, um, what's going on underneath. It's kind of like the duck
0: be calm up top, but inside you can be running all over the place or swimming all over. Awesome. Tim Albertson, it's been a pleasure, man, to reconnect and to get you on the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Podcast sponsored by Fundraising University. Best to you this holiday season. I appreciate you making time to sit down and join us and make us all better, man. Thanks for being here.
1: Tanner. thanks for having me. Good luck
0: to all the coaches and everybody on here. Awesome. Thanks for everybody joining us here. Our next Coaching Matters Group Coaching Podcast will be on Monday, December 6th, and we will talk about building a championship culture and coaching the mental game with Eric Bakich, head baseball coach at the University of Michigan. That will be from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday, December 6th, 2021. We'll see you then. Thanks for being here. Thanks for checking out this week's Coaching Matters Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a subscribe and a review. Also, be sure to engage with us on social media here in the notes for the show. And remember, dream big, raise more, and coaching matters.